Hey everyone, Shannon with Be Disciplined here today to talk to you about sugar. If you're ever on the third floor of our Grand Junction office and you go to make a cup of coffee, when you open the cabinet to get sugar for said coffee, you will see a note that I lovingly placed titled 14 Reasons Why Sugar is the Devil and a box of stevia to use in its place. I just finished a book by Gary Tobbs titled The Case Against Sugar. Gary is an award-winning science journalist and a Robert Wood Johnson Foundation investigator in health policy research at the UC Berkeley School of Public Health. The Robert Wood Johnson Foundation is, if you don't know, is the nation's largest public health philanthropy whose sole goal is to improve the health and health care of all Americans. Um, in his book, Gary calls sugar the tobacco of the new millennium, backed by powerful lobbies entrenched in our lives and making us very, very sick. Sugar is directly linked to diabetes, obesity, and other chronic diseases that are prevalent in our Western culture. And it's not just the overconsumption of sugar that leads to chronic disease and obesity. Sugar actually has a unique or physiological, metabolic, and hormonal effect on our bodies that directly trigger these disorders. Sugar is in effect a drug. Um, there have been brain scans, many studies, it's time to move. <laughs> there have been many studies um, that show sugar causes the same response in our nucleus accumbens, which is the award center in our brain, as nicotine, cocaine, heroin, and alcohol. It stimulates the same neurotransmitters, primarily dopamine, um, and we interpret this dopamine signal as pleasure and the programming in our brain changes to make us want to perform that behavior over and over again. This is one of the ways that our brain actually evolved to help us navigate through our natural environment, motivating us to do things that helped our species survive, specifically eating and sex. It actually is a good thing without dopamine, life would kind of suck. But the problem is that some modern things can function as super stimuli. They flood our brains with dopamine uh, way more than we were ever exposed to throughout evolution. So this leads to these brain pathways being hijacked by the surge of dopamine and why many people lose control over their consumption. So sugar addiction, you know, is a real thing and it's a very scary thing. Um, and FYI, fat calories don't do that. Protein calories, don't do that. Complex carbohydrate calories, don't do that either. Just sugar. Um, the other thing is a calorie is not just a calorie. Um, this whole energy balance theory that obesity, obesity is the result of consuming more calories than we expend has actually led to the bastardation of fat since fat has nine calories versus the protein and carbs fours, uh, four calories per gram. Um, so this led to low fat everything, right? Starting around the 70s. Um, however, today the US has the highest rates for obesity ever documented with nearly 40% 40 40 of adults and almost 20% of children considered obese. Obese, y'all, not just overweight. Even more disturbing is that the percentage of adults that were overweight has remained relatively unchanged over the last 50 years, but the percentage of adults who are obese has continued to drastically increase. There are actually more obese adults than overweight adults in the United States. To the sugar industry, uh, this whole energy balance theory has been the gift that keeps on giving. 
Um, however, this thinking does not address the radically different impact that different macronutrients, such as the protein, the fat, and the carbohydrate content of foods have on our metabolism and on the hormones and enzymes that regulate our bodies um, and what our bodies do with these foods, whether they're burned for fuel, used to rebuild tissues, organs, stored as fat, etc. Uh, so when you eat, foods have to go through your body and they have profoundly different effects on your hormones, your brain chemistry, um, and your metabolism as well. Fat calories burn differently than sugar calories do. Fat calories speed up your metabolism. Fats have to be burned and are not easily stored because they don't spike insulin, the fat storage hormone. Fat works on the brain to cut your appetite so you actually eat less overall, you're more satiated. Um, on the other hand, sugar and carb calories do the exact opposite. They do spike insulin. Uh, they promote fat storage since that's what insulin does. It transports the insulin or the fat to your, to your tissues and you use what you can for energy. And then the rest is quickly laid down as dangerous belly and organ fat. Uh, they do also slow your metabolism, increase your hunger and cravings. There's been mounds of research, y'all, that support this uh, perspective. This hormonal or metabolic hypothesis of weight gain supports the idea that is the composition and quality of the foods you eat and the hormones and bio biochemistry they subsequently trigger that determine whether you lose or gain weight. And so, in other words, it's not how much you eat, but what you eat that controls those metabolic switches. So again, did I mention that a calorie is not a calorie? Awesome. Remember, sugar affects your metabolism in some really harmful ways. Um, sugar is also a chronic toxin, not an acute toxin. It's considered the primary cause of insulin resistance, which is the precursor for obesity, diabetes, heart disease, polycystic ovarian syndrome, so many other chronic diseases that are prevalent here. But since it's a chronic toxin, not an acute, it means that the damage it does does not, or it takes years to accumulate and manifest as disease. So this wouldn't necessarily happen to everyone who has sugar, just as cigarette smoking doesn't cause everyone to have lung cancer. But the biology suggests that when insulin resistance and metabolic syndrome appear, sugar is the likely cause. Um, and insulin resistance is, is really dangerous. And so if you have metabolic issues, please go test it. Um, see what happens when you eliminate sugar. And take Michael Pollan's wisdom from his book, Food Rules, which he's where he says, eat food, not too much, mostly plants. And remember, anything loaded with sugar and flour would fall into the edible food-like substances category, not the food category. Um, and lastly, sugar is highly linked to cancer. Increasing the levels of insulin and blood sugar in your body's uh, Circulation increases the likelihood that we will get cancer. It can even initiate the cancer process. Insulin resistance does that, thus promoting the transformation of healthy cells into damaged cells because they increase insulin secretion and elevate blood sugar, telling the cells to take up more and more glucose for fuel. Y'all, cancer cells only fuel is glucose. Absence of glucose, these cells cannot grow. You will hear so many studies of people who go on a ketogenic diet and cut sugar and carbohydrates completely. Um, and, and they go into drastic remission. Um, it makes me think of another great book I read by Tom Rath called Eat, Move, Sleep, where he says 
Sugar is a toxin. It fuels diabetes, obesity, heart disease, and cancer. At the current dose, we consume more than 50, 150 pounds per person every year. Sugar and its derivatives kill more people than cocaine, heroin, or any other controlled substance around. One report aptly describes sugar as candy for cancer cells. It accelerates aging and inflammation in the body and subsequently fuels tumor growth. It is now clear that if you lower your sugar intake, you reduce your odds of developing cancer. Sorry, long quote, end quote. So moderation, sugar, how much, how little is too much? Um, how much can you eat? So think about it this way. Um, imagine a situation where cigarette smokers who don't get lung cancer or heart disease or emphysema assume that those smokers who do are those who smoke too much. So should we smoke moderately? Kind of absurd, right? Um, the same logic can also be used for sugar. If it takes 20 years of eating sugar to develop chronic diseases or risk factors for these chronic diseases, then how can we know whether we have consumed too much before it's too late? So isn't it more reasonable just to decide early in life or early in parenting that not too much is as little as possible. And I'm not saying cut all your sugar. I don't want to be the fun police at all, but I just want you guys to, to know the facts um, and the reasons behind, you know, why I write these notes, such as 14 reasons why sugar is the devil. Um, so if you believe, like I do, that the case against sugar seems pretty obvious, then why not think that too, too much is as little as possible and start now? So isn't it a great time to throw away or quit buying all those sugary sodas and fruit juices for your kids and all the energy drinks and the cookies and the candies and all those other sugary toxins? I thought so. Um, and please let me know what health topics you'd like to know more about. And have a blessed day and be disciplined. Thanks. <laughs>